0: Yes, it is Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. We are the live call in radio talk program where you can call and talk about anything that's on your mind. There's not a lot of programs that will allow you to do that. In fact, we may be the only one on, you know, terrestrial radio as far as syndicated radio is concerned. We're on something like 200 stations. We're also on the Internet. We're streaming on five or six different video platforms and also audio, and we're on a couple of satellite channels as well. So if you want your voice to be heard, you may dial 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me, Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. And we have a whole bunch of stuff that we brought in uh, that we want to talk about, so we'll start with that. Uh, first of all, we've got from MSN.com Secret Court reveals the FBI hunted for domestic terrorists without a warrant. Something that. Should be a no-no in the law enforcement world, but clearly is not. The FBI, without any court order, sifted through the National Security Agency's massive troves of foreign communications for information on American, quote, racially motivated violent extremists, unquote. A newly declassified order from the Secret Service surveillance court details. So...
1: One thing I'd like to point out is this seems to me a weaponization of, so everything you do is racist. I mean, especially yeah. if you're white. Uh, white yeah. silence is violence, so that's racist. White silence is violence. Yeah, you haven't heard that. Oh, been I have not that heard phrase that phrase
2: for like at least a year. Oh yeah.
1: Well, you know, we're, we're supposed to speak up on behalf of minorities for them. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that was the phrase. I've seen But also, we're not
2: supposed of... to talk over them, so I don't know what we're supposed to. There's right. No, the thing, there's no win condition. So screw it.
0: Uh, right.
2: There's no win condition.
0: I, I mean, I've seen plenty of white people stand up for minorities of all varieties. Uh, As, you know, we watch the news turn, as it were, because, you know, we kind of have to for, you know, us to pick and choose some of these headlines that we bring in and topics that we cover. I've seen plenty of white people, you know, stepping up and advocating for, you know, hey, let's end racism or, you know, let's be tolerant and like all inclusive and like we're all one race. We're the human race, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, uh, these days uh, being colorblind is a form of racism somehow, yeah, yeah. Uh, the The glitching you're experiencing in your brain it, right it, now is it, correct.
0: It, 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 she, me, I feel
1: like the uh, Swedish chef. And, and me, I mean, me, I, me. I'm, I'm far from the first person to point out that uh, everything gets labeled with the R word, uh, especially if they don't agree with it. So the fact that they're targeting based on this uh, racially motivated, which means anyone who's been labeled with the R word... Uh,
0: Good luck. The FBI is on. What's funny is that um, a lot of people uh, believe that people who are into watching NASCAR are racist. And they are in the fact that they enjoy watching racing. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, well, in, in, I... A, in, a, in a non-racist world, the word racist would mean somebody who watches a lot of races. Well, I will. Uh, I'm going to sit here and expect that that expands
1: to golf, and then to possibly football.
0: Um, I mean, golf, save for you know some popular minority golfers, uh, is I mean, in my opinion, an incredibly elitist sport. That oh, definitely, definitely like at least used to be racist. I don't know the state of it now. I didn't really pay that much attention to it because, well, I find golf to be elitist and so I don't participate.
2: And you can well, tell that they're all like high end elitists because at the golf course they just wander into the street without really looking <laughs> where there's one in between here and my house and they just
0: I used to wander live...
2: into the street like they own it or they can't die or
0: I used to live near a golf course uh, and it wasn't a particularly hoity. Go- it was like the community college of golf courses. I think it wasn't even eighteen hole. It was like eight holes, or so, you know, it was some small number. But uh, we would frequently find golf balls in our backyard, uh, and so we would just keep them and or collect them or try and sell them or whatever, right? right. You know. But did right, you like,
2: accomplish no. selling any ever?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think we sold like you know a handful, five or six of them to some guy. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah. or traded him or something. I mean, oh, the days that uh, I long
1: for, Uh, once upon a time, you know, we used to make jokes about how uh, Eminem was the most famous rapper and he was white, and Tiger Woods was the most famous golfer and he was black, Hmm. you know, back when we had dreams of a post-racial society.
0: So circling back to this story, uh, even though Foreign Intelligence Surveillance, FISA court, warned the FBI in 2018 that its warrant-free queries... Known as backdoor searches. (laughs) Sorry, I'm 12. Uh, They were constitutionally alarming. The Bureau still conducted the queries relevant to criminal investigations about, among other things, quote, domestic terrorism involving racially motivated violent extremists, unquote. The court's judge, James E. Boesberg, found what he referred to as apparent widespread violations of the querying standard. Okay. Okay. So,
1: well, one for, for anyone who was wondering where the Constitution's back door is, <laughs>
0: the FBI found it. Well, I mean, as far as the Constitution is concerned, I mean, I think the uh, politicians have basically decided they're just going to use that for toilet paper.
2: If it's a living document, has it died already? Like, can it die if it's living?
0: Ooh, these are good questions. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. Uh, so, to summarize the paragraph that I just read, basically, one government agency said... Hey, you can't use our database to do these warrantless things that you're doing. You should stop in 2018. And they didn't stop. (laughs) That's really the the gist of it. The FBI is still doing uh, warrant-free queries, according to at least this paragraph. Well, it seems inevitable change. I mean, they
1: stopped listening to their founding documents a long time ago. It figures that they'd stop listening to each other at this point.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. As soon as government started collecting data, setting up these server farms and these data farms where they collect all of this stuff, they're spying on your mobile devices already. I mean,
2: if we think they were going to not use it, like it's there.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. As soon as they started collecting it, I'm like, and they're like, Okay, well, only this one agency is going to be able to search these databases. I'm like, uh huh. I predict that eventually all law enforcement agencies are going to be able to search these things, whether they have a warrant or not. And guess what? Here we are.
2: And even if not, then it's just double billing because it's like, hey, NSA, give me information on John Smith. Okay, thank hey, like.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, it, you don't have to look hard to find ways that the CIA has been operating in in the uh, geographical area known as the United States of America, which is specifically against their entire charter. But, you know.
0: On one occasion, an FBI analyst ran a multi-search term batch query on Americans that was, quote, in connection with predicated criminal investigations relating to domestic terrorism that returned 33 foreign surveillance results. And not only domestic terror – the FISA court recounts government acknowledgment that at least forty FBI searches through NSA's warrantlessly collected data involved healthcare fraud, transitional organized crime, violent gangs, uh, transnational. And, oh, transnational. Sorry, transnational organized crime, violent gangs, and public corruption and bribery. Now, why would the FBI be warrantlessly searching those terms? You must ask yourself. I don't have the answer. Well.
1: You know, they might have heard about this uh, North Atlantic Trade Organization, which, as far as I can tell, is very clearly a uh, transnational organized crime uh, outfit.
0: Hmm. Yes, perhaps they have. On at least one occasion around May 2020, an FBI analyst looked through the foreign NSA troves to vet a potential source in a predicated criminal investigation relating to public corruption. Seven FBI field offices were implicated in these and a number of similar violations, according to a November, 19, November 18, 2020, FISA court opinion, declassified on Monday and signed by Bosberg 603-283-6160 is the FBI researching you. That's right. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. That's imitation drum roll live. <laughs> no, it is Free Talk Live. That's the name of the show you're listening to, Free Talk Live. Freetalklive.com. If you've never gone there, go there. See what it's all about. Maybe there's something that will surprise you. We are the live call in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number that you need to do that is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's me, the captain. Peacolus Mountaineer. And Melanie. We've been talking about this article out of MSN that says, A secret court reveals that the FBI hunted for domestic terrorists without a warrant. And not just one time, but they, this is something they do repeatedly uh, because they were warned about doing it in 2018, and of course continued to do so multiple times. Uh, in other words, the article continues. The FBI continues to perform warrantless searches through the NSA's most sensitive databases, the ones the NSA is not required to get warrants for before filling with communications inform- or before filing with communications information for routine criminal investigations that are supposed to require warrants. Let let that let, let, let sink in for a minute. The FBI is searching the NSA's most sensitive databases, which they are supposed to have a warrant for, but they aren't getting the warrants, and the NSA is just going, oh, well, go ahead.
2: Which means they have physical access to it right. without having a warrant. they don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be sent to them. They just have it on a search...
0: Yeah, no. The IT, IT guy has installed the app on their desktop in their office and given them a username and password. And just
2: plug in and they can access it anytime they yeah. feel like
0: it. Yeah, and they go, "Hey, IT guy, uh, I can't access this NSA database anymore." Oh, I'll fix that for you. And they give them access is probably what happens. Like I'm just well, speculating. Of and course. I gotta tell you, I am 100
1: percent unsurprised. I mean, uh, once you put together uh, what they call fusion centers. Yes. Uh, so I'm I'm out here from uh, from Denver, Colorado, and it has the nation's largest fusion center. Yep. Uh, which, for those of you privileged enough to not know what that is, it's where you take all of the you know NSA, FBI, all of the the alphabet soup, and they uh, uh, talk to each other
0: about things. Yeah, it's not to be confused with a bunch of people doing jazz music, right?
1: Yeah, uh, once they had that set up, it's like, okay, well, this is an inevitability. But it is definitely worth keeping track of as they
0: pay less and less attention to what their own rules are. So doing these warrantless searches that the FBI is doing through the NSA databases potentially jeopardizes an accused person's ability to have a fair trial since warrantlessly acquired information is supposed to be inadmissible. The FBI claimed to the court that none of the warrantlessly queried material was used in a criminal or civil proceeding, but such usage at a trial has happened before. So on that, uh, uh, Melanie, I was hoping you'd pipe in on
1: this, but uh, as far as I knew it, like not only is that information inadmissible, but anything that that information leads to is inadmissible is that oh, not point.
2: really no? they have whole classes on that but not not really
1: because i thought that was um uh fruit of the poison tree uh
2: not that's not really a thing anymore
0: i would have thought the same thing but no
2: it's kind of like what we like to call the exclusionary um exception mm-hmm. which the official people call it the exclusionary rule mm-hmm. it's kind of like that
1: Okay. I uh, you're you're gonna have to spell that one out for me and probably some of the listeners. Okay. So there's something Good called idea.
2: an exclu- exclusionary rule, implying that it's a rule, mm-hmm. and some of the more obnoxious of us at law school would like to call it the exclusionary exception.
1: And what As what is it? Uh, what making is the it because it's an rule. exception.
0: Hang on. Any I'll give you a rule definition. that would
2: make you not um be able to admit evidence ah,
0: for whatever okay. reason. A law that prohibits the use of illegally obtained evidence in a criminal trial, according to a quick web search. There are three exceptions, apparently, to the exclusionary rule, and they are attenuation of the taint. I don't know what that means. It's the best metal band <laughs> name ever. <laughs> I think it's about to be. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. We are attenuation of the taint. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, The three exclusions or three exceptions to the exclusionary rule are attenuation of the taint, independent source, and inevitable discovery. I get independent source and I get inevitable discovery. I don't get the first one.
2: Okay, so say okay, so it's it's basically a causation it's basically a causation rule. So say you're in a civil suit and you're saying, Okay, you have to you have to prove causation and you have to prove damages. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're saying, okay, this person drove into my car running a red light and that caused, you know, damage to my engine. Okay. Okay. So you got causation and you got damages. There are things that are technically causation, but they're not. They're so attenuated that we don't treat them that way. So say you can't sue somebody and say, well, this guy left for work 10 minutes late, which caused this other guy to be in front of him in traffic which caused this other guy to run a yellow light okay. and then hit my car. So it's okay. got to be
1: kind of a proximal
0: cause. Yes. Okay. Now,
2: okay. obviously, in that kind of law, they're going to run wild with it, and it's it's gone.
0: Mm. What's that movie where, like, you know, a bunch of, like, things like that sort of happen and then kill people? and then I like- don't know. So, uh, Final Destination? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. That's- yeah.
1: Uh, So it's one of those, like, they left this loophole in there, and at this point you can drive a Mack truck through it. Yeah. It's like, well, that's attenuated. It's like, no, it's the single direct
0: cause. Nope, it's attenuated because I said so. It's interesting because uh, I come from uh, an audio background doing, like, live sound and sound for bands in recording studios, and attenuation just means how loud is a thing in that industry right
2: it's a regular english word to be fair um it so... is yeah
0: but like i only know it in this yeah yeah you know sort of myopic view you know of this one industry so to hear it used in another way about something different is foreign to me
1: yeah once you hit five syllables it tends to be the case
0: it is five syllables, isn't it? Yeah. Well, at least I could pronounce it. So you know, here, here. <laughs> uh, in general, the FBI and related agencies can query the allegedly foreign-focused NSA communications database for information on Americans for a designated national security purpose to uncover agents of a foreign power, such as spies or foreign terrorists, but none. Of the identified FBI queries was related to national security, the court found.
2: Because that's not what the FBI does. Right. Even officially, I mean.
0: Right. Under the relevant surveillance law, the FBI is supposed to return to the FISA court for a warrant to query the troves for a non-national security purpose.
1: And I mean, it's not like it's difficult to get the FISA court to sign off on things. I mean, they rubber stamp pretty much anything
0: you put in front of them. Uh, well, and you would think... But then
2: you've got to do it. you got to, like, get up and walk down the hall.
0: You would think especially for another GO, another government organization, right? the court, FBI, oh, yeah, okay, here you go. You'd think it would be just a part of the process, but apparently it's not, and apparently it's been being abused heavily by the FBI in their search for, quote, domestic terrorists, unquote. More Free Talk Live coming up
3: A newly recruited search and rescue officer Marshall Hunter was resigned to a life Of rescuing wayward spacefarers And derelict satellites But when a billionaire couple goes missing His own ship is disabled during the rescue With communication satellites suddenly failing and lunar mineral shipments disappearing in transit, the crew suspects it's more than a coincidence, and Hunter must choose between salvation and sacrifice to save his crewmates and their civilian charges. Frontier by Patrick Childs and (laughs) BingBooks.com
0: Welcome back to the program. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It is the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. We are here seven days a week from 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. Eastern time doing a live show. There's a couple of exceptions every year, like uh, during the Pork Fest and Fork Fest. We won't be here in the studio broadcasting live. Uh, What we do is we will have guests come to our setup at these festivals and record a show and then post it the next day so you'll be hearing a show from the day before. But, it like, those are the exceptions. You know, if for some reason the studio can't go, like, oh, I don't know, when the FBI raids the studio and bashes in all the windows and doors and arrests six people... You know, we might not be able to have a live show that day, even though we did have a show the day that they did do that. uh, It only went out on one person's YouTube channel that day and was later uploaded as a podcast. But outside of those types of events, we're here seven days a week, 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern time. So please tune in. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. If you want to call in the telephone number you need is 603-283-6160 and uh, we'll you know you might have to wait on hold till we can screen you that kind of a thing but if you want to get your voice on the air and talk about anything that's on your mind anything we're talking about uh, please use that phone number to do so. Before we go on I want to tell you that bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now click on get started right at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this insanely important and world-changing information. If you're already a knowledgeable crypto user, you can check out news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source. For everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all of the latest cryptocurrency news on a very slick and easy-to-use website, please visit Bitcoin.com. All right, so we I think we're done with this Secret Court Reveals FBI Hunted for Domestic Terrorists Without a Warrant. Basically, the highlights there are the FBI is sifting through the NSA database without obtaining warrants, which is completely illegal. The courts and the NSA have both warned the FBI as far back as 2018, according to what the courts found. And the FBI continues to do so because apparently they don't know how to restrict access to their applications. Like most companies who have any sort of IT infrastructure would immediately know how to do. At any rate, we're going to move on. I call this article the doppelganger raid article, and you'll find out why. The headline doesn't mention anything about this, but the story does. So this is from the thenationalpulse.com, a publication I'm not familiar with in any way, shape, or form. But this says, the FBI raids Alaska spa to recover Pelosi's laptop stolen from the U.S. Capitol, owners reveal. That's a, I mean, that's a very poorly written headline. That's a lot of words. Uh, It doesn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't seem to entice people to, like, you know, it seems rather boring to me. But at any rate, the article is interesting. A couple from Homer, Alaska, Marilyn and Paul Huber, have told the National Pulse that their home and business was raided by federal agents in connection with the January 6th riots in Washington, D.C. The Hoopers joined editor-in-chief Raheem Kassam on the National Pulse podcast to discuss the early morning raid, which, as Paul Hooper recalls, didn't include FBI authorities even presenting a search warrant. If I recall correctly from the folks that were here when the FBI raided the Free Talk Live studios and the Mighty Moose Mart and the Bitcoin embassy, nobody presented a warrant either. This seems to be their normal operating procedure these days. I was under the impression that in order for law enforcement to raid a place that somebody had to be like, we've got a warrant, you know what I mean, that they could produce on the spot. I remember
2: that somebody said that they did, but I... I don't know. I was
0: That's, under the impression. And, like, the TV sure. shows make a guy believe that, right? Like, the cops will stop. Oh, okay, we can't do anything now. We have to go get a warrant. And they'll go and they'll get the warrant and they'll have the warrant before I mean, they do
2: the... I mean, the it, thing, especially here, they they didn't... Nobody let them in. They just kind of...
0: Oh, they let them... Bust
2: through the window and right.
0: broke the door. But even, like, we, there was somebody who was filming... Uh, as it happened, that got here no more than, say, five or ten minutes after it, it was all going down, uh, who was attempting to film, who repeatedly asked for a copy of don't the warrant. They have to give
2: it to him. Right. They have to give it to the person who owns the house, lives in the house, is there at the house. They you they have to present it before being let in, but they, they weren't exactly let in here. So they would have been, though, which is the thing. But
0: um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least... And they
2: don't just have to give it to any member of the public who wants to see it, but they have to... Cause other, because the I alternative mean, is just any cop can just walk in your house when he feels like it.
0: Are warrants not uh, something that are publicly available? Like can I do a can I do but, a FOIA on a well, warrant?
2: A it depends, but B, even if a, a document is publicly available, you have to either go to PACER or go to that state court or go to or do a FOIA.
0: You or can't something. just walk
2: up to a cop off the street and be like, Give me this document. Well,
0: right, but particularly if they're raiding somewhere, I would think that somebody would need to have a copy of said warrant on them.
2: Yeah, the, yes. You can't they can't enter without a warrant. No. Not legally.
1: No. If if they do that, uh, does that make it uh, more difficult for them in court? If they do what? Uh, if they, uh, say, batter down your door
0: without a warrant.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: Are they required to present one to anybody at any time? Or are they just required to produce it if somebody requests they it? They
2: can make an argument that it's extingent circumstances and they're afraid of, you know, whatever they're afraid of and that they have to break in. But they have to have it.
0: Okay. They have to at least have obtained it from, like, a judge or whatever.
1: Okay. But uh, if they never actually present it to the uh,
0: uh, interested party.
2: If they have a search warrant and they don't show it to anybody, that's not going to get anything thrown out.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, Paul Huber recalls uh, the FBI didn't even present a search warrant. Doesn't say if he requested one. He goes on to say they don't even imply a search warrant for the first hour, while we're sitting there with handcuffs on, he reiterated. Among the items seized were the family's personal electronics and a handheld copy of the Declaration of Independence.
2: What is that evidence of?
0: <laughs> it's evidence that they might know their rights. <laughs> Domestic terrorists. Oh wait, no, that's the Bill of Rights. Sorry, the Declaration. Of, why would you steal well, a handheld copy of the well, Declaration? Well, I
2: would. I what warrant clause that was covered under that they were allowed to seize a pocket declaration of probably well,
1: dangerous documents or something. Well, you right? see, uh, two hundred and fifty years ago, roughly, uh, there was a conspiracy to overthrow the government of Britain in the colonies.
2: They weren't in Britain, though, so it's fine.
1: And uh, well, Britain uh, considered it Britain. They, Britain it was considered
2: everything Britain. <laughs> Look at yeah. like one of those maps
1: from. Well, and there these people are sitting with a copy of the the manifesto of that uh, conspiracy to overthrow the government.
0: Yeah, the Declaration of Independence is considered a, a domestic terrorism document for people who who want to overthrow the current government. Apparently, uh, while an FBI spokesperson confirmed that the court-authorized law enforcement activity, quote-unquote, was carried out at the Hooper residence, the agency would not comment on its potential relation to events that unfolded in the U.S. Capitol earlier this year. The FBI agents were, however, joined by at least one officer from the U.S. Capitol's police department, according to Hooper. Keep in mind, these guys are in Homer, Alaska. <laughs>
2: it's- on the other side of the continent from D.C., they should have just called up the FBI and been like, hey, were these people anywhere near D.C. on this day?
0: Yeah, the Hooper's account of their interactions with federal authorities, which Maryland insists the agents didn't even let me look at their badges long enough to verify, tells a different story. 603-283-6160 is our phone number. We'll tell you more about this doppelganger FBI raid story coming up on Free Talk Live. The name of the particular radio program that is tantalizing your eardrums right now, the tin is happening between your brain and your eardrums, is Free Talk Live. We are the live radio call-in talk program where you can talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number you need to do that is 603 283 6160. Yes, 603 283 6160. If you would like to comment on anything we've talked about, anything that's on your mind at all, it's fine. It's called Free Talk Live for that reason. In the studio tonight, I am your host. I am the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. And joining me, Pickless Mountaineer and Melanie. We've been talking a little bit about this article. We're just kind of getting started into it from the National Pulse, where the FBI has raided an Alaskan spa to recover Pelosi's laptop stolen from the U.S. Capitol, the owners of the spa revealed. But it's more than just the spa. This article goes on to say, The FBI broke into my house today, 12 agents, in all caps, and an exclamation mark. They handcuffed me and Paul. They interrogated us. They searched the house and left with my phones and laptops, she wrote, in an April 29th post. The FBI said they were looking for Nancy Pelosi's laptop, so I guess that answers one question. It really did get stolen and is still at large. They tried to get me to admit that I had been in the Capitol building on January 6th. Okay,
2: so I'm going to have to object to that conclusion because just the fact that the FBI is busting the people's houses alleging to look for a thing Mm -hmm. does not mean that that thing either in fact exists or in fact is still missing
0: it is pretty strong evidence though well well it's anecdotal evidence at best i
2: don't trust it i mean
0: but so the fbi can lie to you and it's not a big deal but if you lie to them whether it's a big deal. well i'm not
2: saying it's legal or that they'll get away with it if some powers that be decide to prosecute them for it but i mean do you trust the fbi i don't
1: well, I mean, there's don't. definitely precedent stating that they have no obligation to tell you the truth. But at that point, I got to ask, like, what would be more damaging that they're actually doing that they didn't want to admit to that they'd be like, yeah, we're looking for Pelosi's laptop.
2: And like, I'm not saying that it is legal for them to bust into somebody's house alleging to be looking for fictitious evidence. I'm saying I will not put it past these individuals who I cannot describe on the air because of the FCC.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk more about this, and there's more to the article, too, but let's go to the phones, and let's go to Nicholas, who's calling from Maryland. Nicholas, you are live on the air at Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
4: Oh, uh, hey there, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I, I'm just calling in now. I wanted to really talk to you all and get your take on what's going on with the economy right now because, I mean, what I'm seeing is is that a lot of stuff is just really not good we're seeing money velocity at an all-time low mm-hmm. we're seeing you know the 10-year yield all these other types of stuff going on in the bar market right now
1: yep the 10-year and yield inverting it, yeah
4: yeah it is not good at all what we are seeing in, money velocity is getting killed right now and just no one's no one's buying anything and yet in, we're in we're a word destruction this,
0: oh, yeah, uh, my opinion is that we are seeing the very early stages of hyperinflation. That's my opinion.
2: So they printed half of the money supply.
0: Was it half? I thought it was a third. 25, 30 percent, something half. like that. It, it, yeah. it,
2: whatever it is, I yeah. thought it was half, but a significant portion of the money supply in the history of the US total that has ever been printed in the U.S.
5: Yeah, apper- well, I, apparently
2: I in between for- 25 and half of those reserve notes have been printed in in the year 2020.
0: Right, in the last year. And they're going to print more, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. Biden's not done. He's got a bunch of trillion and multi-trillion dollar plans going on that are in the works. So they're not done. And that includes uh, more stimulus packages and all that kind of a thing.
2: And inverted, y- inverted yield curves. My my theory when I was a lot 18-ish, 20, was that inverted y- yield curves, although I did not know what the name what to call them, but that's when you have a higher interest rate for a short a short term investment than you do for the same investment at like the exact same CD at the exact same bank, but for a longer time period. Okay. And fast food prices. Uh, Bob Murphy, the economist, has verified that the inverted yield curve is a um is a warning sign of an upcoming de- depression. But n- he didn't say anything about my fast food theory. So he's the economist. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I mean, they, they're, they're just printing and printing and printing money. Central banks do have an expiration date. And they want on it all. Going on yep. kind of the long... We're, there's some dispute as to whether one from the UK, or I guess it was England at the time, started out as fractional reserve banking, so at what point you count that time run. But depending on how you count that, the the U.S. Federal Reserve is longest running so far. So it's not going to last forever.
1: Yeah, and if you uh if you regularly listen to this program, you've probably heard us talk about uh, cryptocurrency and frankly that as far as I'm concerned, I think that's your best bet for actually holding on to value.
4: Nicholas? Yes. Absolutely. I-, I would certainly agree. Uh, we, we we really need to be into things like silver and cryptocurrency because silver is just extremely undervalued and the Federal Reserve is just—they're trying to own it all. They're trying to be the lender and buyer of last resort. Yeah, you and know, so you can it, you
2: can print reserve notes all day long. You can't, and they don't even print them all. Usually, they just uh, right. add some zeros to a number in a computer. But you can't print lumber, you can't print food, you can't print houses, you can't print anything that all. you would want to buy with reserve notes. Uh, so except that causes, for
0: 3D guns, you can print those.
2: But you can't print. <laughs> the, you, you can't just say poof! I have now a trillion more 3D right, guns. Right, you still have
0: to go buy the materials, buy the materials for the and printer, have a, right? Yeah,
2: a 3D yeah. printer and put electricity into it. So. Inflation causes prices to increase, and we've had some pretty significant inflation in the past year. And
1: and you're right about uh, uh, silver and gold. Those are very, very heavily regulated, and they are very, uh, in my, from what I can see, they are definitely suppressing the price of that so that it never actually reaches what it would ordinarily be, whereas uh, cryptocurrency, they can't just uh, do market manipulations to depress that price. So, like, if you've paid any attention to what uh, Bitcoin for example, has been doing where like uh, it it had a, a, I guess, a bubble at 17,000 and now it's at 50 something thousand like that. That is what the actual rate of the, the uh, monetary inflation uh, shows.
2: I do think that at least BTC, if not all crypto, although because you can exchange them fairly easily, they, they're not connected, but they're, you know, quasi connected. I think that there are some hedge funds and stuff like that that are, and, and you know, Chase Bank that are trying to see what they can make it do at the moment. So, yeah,
1: yeah. it's it's not a perfect uh, analogy by any by any stretch, but it is a, a much more accurate view of what is happening to our currency than if you are just looking at uh, gold and silver. I mean,
2: and then the the lesser elites, as I like to call them, so not not your Jerome Powells and whoever his boss even is, but. You know, the CEO of Chase Bank and the hedge fund managers and some, some, you know, the rest of the 1%. The the lesser elites, they, I mean, they're not guaranteed a a seat on the ride out of here. So if they're going into an asset, I mean, they know that reserve notes aren't going to be worth anything, whether that's next year, whether that's 50 years from now. So if, they have create demand for another asset like Bitcoin that it's gonna go up in value because of the the higher demand. And I don't think I'm not I I don't think that it's peaked or anything like that. They also want to see if they can drive it into the ground, but because it doesn't have universal adoption or even mainstream adoption yet, I I think that the price of that is gonna long term just go up.
0: Final thoughts, Nicholas?
4: Uh yeah I, I just I'm absolutely floored at what we're seeing right now with the American Families Plan as well. Yeah, that's really going to drive down the value of education. I really don't see how millennials and Gen Z are really going to be able to get it together because I'm trying to go to school myself, Mm -hmm. and I'm worried that my degree is going to be essentially worth nothing. i I pretty much
0: just toilet paper. Many of them are already.
2: Is what you're going to school – is what you want to do require a degree by law?
0: I'm sorry, what do you like, mean?
1: Like, is it so, dentistry or engineering, things that you... Something that you can't to have legally do without a
4: degree. So, uh, I, I, want, I want to get into IT. I want to be systems administrator. Then, oh, then yeah, uh, you
1: don't need don't a degree for that. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: hey, thanks for the call, Nicholas. Yeah, you
1: need a portfolio, not a, not a degree for things like
0: that. You can get into IT just by showing up to a job and being, hey, I want to be in IT, and taking probably a lesser wage and learning OTJ or on the job, as it were.
2: There's all kinds of, for any field... Free programs to learn stuff on the internet.
0: Six oh three two eight three six one six zero. Our number two of Free Talk Live is on the way.
6: Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarist.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, the Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out as for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com.
0: Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live? Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live.
1: Free Talk Live? Yeah, all right. (laughs) Thanks for coming
0: Now it's a thing. Just in case any of our listeners weren't clear, the show that you are listening to is called Free Talk Live.
2: If you are unclear on that, hopefully you're not driving.
0: Right. What is Free Talk Live? You might be asking, and ask you might. It is a live call-in radio talk program where you can call in and talk about anything, whatever's on your mind. Uh, We talk about things generally from the perspective of freedom and peace and prosperity, Uh, but as far as I know, we might be the only national radio program that allows you to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. So if you want to do that, you need to dial this phone number, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. List Mountaineer. And Melanie. And we've been talking about this article from the National Pulse in which the FBI broke into somebody's house. In Homer, Alaska, Marilyn and Paul Huber specifically, Marilyn goes on to say, they tried to get me to admit that I had been in the Capitol building on January 6th, referring to the FBI, which I hadn't. And then they threatened to arrest me for obstruction of justice if I didn't give them the answers they wanted, she added. Marilyn Huber attributed the raid to a case of mistaken identity pointing out several distinctions between her physical appearance and the lady believed to have stolen Nancy Pelosi's laptop. She said, apparently I have a doppelganger who was part of the Capitol breach, but that was ID'd as me. What the heck? They could have done a face recognition with my state driver's license and noticed that I have attached earlobes and she doesn't. She has heavily arched eyebrows and I don't. Not to mention, she was wearing an ugly black sweater with white snowflakes on it. You'd have to pay me lots of money to get me to wear a sweater, let alone an ugly one, and shiny black knee-high boots.
2: And the thing is, you know... Aside from the fact that the FBI could have asked the NSA because they apparently have no problem doing that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they could have since you're tr- you're saying someone went from Alaska to DC. They could have checked to see if this woman got on a plane. Yep. She technically could have drove. Does she even have a passport? Because they know that. What does her phone, uh, location act location data say? Was she on this side of the continent or the other co- side of the continent where you're saying she was? Well, this so was very she easy was to look up.
0: she was actually at the Capitol, but she didn't go in. She was amongst the crowd outside of the Capitol. However, however, the post was accompanied by, uh, and it says the following graphic, which I can't show you on the radio, but there's a graphic here, which draws several distinctions in physical appearance between Marilyn and the FBI's person of interest, and we'll share this article with you on our social media so you can see this photo, but... Uh, You can see that, you know, I can tell the difference between these two ladies just from and in one photo, the Marilyn has a, a face mask on. I can still tell the difference between her and the lady of interest who's wearing the ugly sweater, as it were. Well,
1: you just can't expect every, you know, bureaucracy of the federal government to investigate things. I mean, I'm sure they have a a
0: particular agency that handles that. Uh, Yeah, Huber shared the same account of the raid with outlets, including Anchorage Daily News. And during a radio interview uh, with KSRMAM, I assume that's an Alaska radio station. The couple, which has donated to several Republican candidates, including Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Kelly Loeffler, has never denied attending the January 6th rally in Washington, D.C. Paul Hooper's Instagram page contains an image of his wife at the Capitol complex. But the pair never entered the building. Indeed, only attending for part of the day before leaving the city to return home. The closest they got was outside the Capitol hours before the original breach, where they say they stayed for around 30 minutes before leaving.
2: Yeah, so if if they were there that's a little, that's a little bit
0: different but that that is that, less egregious definitely. That doesn't But it doesn't warrant the FBI to raid your house.
1: Well, apparently they did it without warrant.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it still doesn't prove that this laptop exists or or not that it it, it doesn't prove that it exists, but it, it also doesn't prove that it's still missing and it could just be that the FBI is lying bitches, but it could also be that Nancy Pelosi Told the FBI that the computer was stolen and missing, and that so that's what they're going off of. I mean, it, like the yeah, fact makes, that they said I'm looking for X does not mean that X is currently missing.
1: Right. Yeah, it makes me wonder if she's uh, put that that uh, laptop in the same place as uh, Hillary Clinton's emails. Yeah, it's a
2: convenient <laughs> way to get rid of something if you you know. Uh,
0: what's the difference nope. between Pelosi's laptop and Hunter Biden's laptop?
2: I don't know that I have no reason to believe that Pelosi was raping kids.
0: (laughs) Now, my first thought is they're the same laptop. Now,
1: my first thought is like, did Pelosi borrow
0: Hunter's laptop? I doubt it. Take it to the Capitol.
1: I mean, uh, maybe these are maybe, you know, these are Alaska people. Maybe they're off the grid kind of people. But can't they just go to Google and be like, hey, where was this phone at this time?
2: Yeah, but it's not necessarily that sensitive to where it's going to say, oh, they were standing outside of the building and not 20 feet over. In- well, no,
1: but I mean, in the article, uh, she left before the uh, the breach even occurred.
0: Or did I... Uh, that is true. That? Yeah, yeah but where did accurate. she go?
2: Did she go down the street? The- or did, was she in Anchorage again? Like...
0: Well, right, but saying
2: uh, I was twenty feet away is a whole different defense than saying I was in Alaska.
0: the The video footage that they have shows that they were there for Donald Trump's speech, which ended roughly, you know, thirty or forty minutes before the uh, <laughs> the, the breach occurred. Weirdly which coincides enough, with their story of like, yeah, we were there for like a half hour and then we left.
1: Yeah, weirdly enough, if you were there for all of Trump's speech, then you weren't even there when the uh, breaking entering occurred.
0: So. Yeah, either way, this seems really dumb, and like you said, Melanie, it could have been handled in many different well, ways. Well,
2: I said that thinking that she was in Alaska.
0: Well, even so, like they could have done more, you know, b- desk work before they, could have they raided their place. Yeah, invest. they could have done some investigation <laughs> before they sent 12 FBI agents in on a raid. That's all I'm saying at any rate uh, that's about the extent of this article um you know they they're looking for somebody else it wasn't this lady uh, she doesn't really look anything like her um i mean there there's i don't a, know what else to say about it uh,
1: there there's a little bit of similarity in the facial structure but like sure but
0: uh, you know again yeah, no. if you'd have done more than you know like oh my god that's her right it, like if you'd have done more than just a cursory look at this well that makes me
1: wonder like is the fbi solely relying on algorithms at this point where like they don't
0: even have a human being look at the pictures yeah i don't know uh do you know what they call uh an algorithm that's nothing but parody songs hmm. it's a weird algorithm <laughs> that's my you're my, in my chain I, I am actually yes let's see that's probably the last of the humor you're gonna get from me tonight But Uh, but I say that now, and you'll probably get like weird dad jokes out of me for like the next hour or something. (laughs) Um, That's really the end of the article. Do you have any other thoughts?
2: I mean, not really. I I, at this point, I don't know what they did and didn't look up. I can't now say it was definitely incompetence the way I was saying when I thought she was in Alaska. Maybe I mean it probably was because these are not like good human beings, but.
0: I mean I don't see I can't definitively
2: prove that at this point.
0: I don't see why your original commentary doesn't apply regardless of whether or not she attended the rally.
2: Because you're gonna well, have very different, you know, location data if yeah, you're in Anchorage was, than if you're across the yeah. street from where they're saying you were or in front of the building that they're saying you were inside of. Right, right. I've, okay, so they've got you,
0: that, but what other evidence did they have I don't know. about the laptop to like warrant a twelve person FBI raid I don't know. in Homer, Alaska? And I still think that this
1: is pretty good evidence that there was a Nancy Pelosi laptop stolen. And uh, I think that uh, I think that whatever was on the laptops stolen was why Time magazine published. Hey, here's how we totally rigged the election, because that way they could get the jump on this before whatever was on those laptops uh, came out some other way.
0: Do you have any evidence of this? It's a theory, right? Maybe. It's a theory, yes? Okay. Wait, it's- don't we're
2: saying maybe you have that kind of evidence on the radio. You no, you no.
0: <laughs> Yeah, we don't need any more of that. <laughs> we like
1: to keep no, the hosts ju- that we have. Thank just you. Just a thought. Just a thought of what would you find on Nancy Pelosi's
0: laptop? 603-283-6160. Yes, come on and tune in to Free Talk Live. Yeah, if you want to talk on the radio about anything that's on your mind nationwide and on the internet and on a couple of satellite stations, why, you need to call 603-283-6160 between the hours of 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. seven days a week. That's how you get on the air here at Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Captain, Peakless Mountaineer, and Melanie. On March sixteenth, twenty twenty-one, terrorist agencies calling so- themselves government conspired together and raided the Free Talk Live studio, the Bitcoin Embassy, and the homes of Aria Demetzo Randy, R- sorry, Renee, and Andy Spinella, and Colleen Fordham. These six people are called the Crypto Six. They were then arrested and taken into custody. Ian Freeman and the person named Nobody both remain in custody to this day. What can you do to help? Check out thecrypto6.com. There's a bunch of information there, and there's also multiple ways in which you can donate to their legal defense fund because the charges they're facing are not a joke. It's going to take some serious legal experts and teams behind them to protect the crypto 6 from further aggression from the state this case will most likely set precedent that will affect the world of cryptocurrency for decades to come help them in their fight for liberty and financial freedom by contributing to their legal defense fund at the crypto6.com again it's the crypto6.com your donations are appreciated. There's also some a bunch of information up there too, videos and updates and etc. and so on, that kind of thing. So we're going to switch gears a little bit, uh, Melanie. You brought this in from Bitcoin.com. The Fed plans to unveil digital dollar prototypes in July.
2: Yeah, and this is, I mean, even openly has been coming for a minute. This article is from March, and we just never got to it. I I don't know. If, I don't Ooh, remember. a whole
0: month ago. Well, I'm, I, guess I don't remember two, if man.
2: I brought it in or I missed some days also when I was sick. But
1: and I think it is worth pointing out that yeah, they have been very open about all of uh, all of the uh, what would otherwise be a conspiracy. Uh, I mean, the World Economic Forum has its own podcast. They will definitely talk your ear off about uh, the CDBC.
2: Yeah. And normal people. So normal people are not reading the Federal Reserve blog like I am. So if you're just living your life and trying to go to work and pay for your bills, you probably won't notice it. But if you're listening to this driving on the way home, you have crazy people like me who read the Federal Reserve (laughs) blog who will, you know, I don't want to say tell you what you need to know, because that makes it sound like I'm trying to control you. But, you know, bring you things that I find of interest.
1: Well, so, I mean, one thing that I find with a lot of crazy stuff that they do is at first it's like, no, of course they're not doing that, and then it's, well, of course they're doing that. And
0: uh, this... We've
2: always been at war with Eurasia.
0: Right, right. And just so all of our listeners understand the general perspective here of the Federal Reserve, well, it's not federal and they don't have anything in reserve.
2: Well, I disagree. that the, I, I would call the Federal Reserve the real government.
0: Okay. But but they're not really federal, and they don't have anything in reserves.
2: They don't have any reserves,
0: but...
1: Yep. That's uh, whether they're fra- federal or not might be different uh, since the CARES Act,
0: actually. They're, they're as federal as Federal Express.
1: Well, they were before the CARES federal Act.
2: Federal Express is heavily subsidized, so I mean, that's... Oh,
0: well, <laughs> uh, I Okay, A- at any rate.
2: <laughs> but anyway. Go on.
1: Almost like there's this fascist entanglement of corporations and government. Weird.
2: So digital dollar prototypes coming soon. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said last week, so that would have been mid-March, as part of an event held by the Bank for International Settlements, BIS, on central bank digital innovation that the U.S. central bank is actively exploring the launch of a digital dollar. Now, Uh not thinking about it, but actively exploring the launch part that, that, to me, makes it sound like it's past the planning cons- or past the consideration phase.
1: Yeah, they're they're not considering the uh, engineering of it. They're not considering
0: the structure of it. They're considering the launch of it. the The thing that strikes me here is my question is, well, there's already a bunch of stable coins that are pegged to the dollar. Why don't they just adopt one of those?
2: Well, why would they do that? That doesn't give
1: them any
0: power? Exactly. Well, I
1: mean, they still control the dollar. uh, Well, so here's the thing. With the uh, stablecoins, if they decide that uh, X, Y, or Z transaction uh, does not follow the laws of the United States, or if it's an international transaction,
0: uh, the United States or whichever other... Let's just be clear here. This article says that this is a digital dollar, and uh, we're conflating it now with cryptocurrency. So, well, I'm contrasting here. Okay. So with cryptocurrency, I'm conflating. So. Right.
1: So with cryptocurrency, if uh, if the United States federal government decides, OK, this transaction doesn't follow the rules, mm-hmm. they can't stop your tethered dollar coin. But if they see that with their central bank digital currency, they absolutely can stop that or reverse it.
0: Right, but there's nothing to say that a central bank digital currency can even interface with cryptocurrency.
2: Okay, so most Federal Reserve notes are digital at this point anyway. Right, I was going that And gonna I'm not even saying that that's well. a problem per se, but what they really want is to get rid of cash. Because if you don't have cash, you can't have a run on the banks. Right. And if you can't have a run on the banks, then you can institute negative interest rates, which he has talked about mm-hmm. before, And and you can print however much you want because there's nothing anybody can do about it other than move to a different currency. And then at that point, you probably have kind of a military occupation domestically or something like that. Oh,
1: like we kind of do now. And they are absolutely headed in the direction of negative interest rates because basically their method for finding out whether or not we're in trouble is to be like, okay, well, have interest rates gone along the same trajectory with the money printing? And they're like, oh, yep, interest rates are fine. They haven't jacked up, but they have the spigot when it comes to interest rates because they determine the base interest rate that everything is based on. I like that word spigot. It's yeah, weird. yeah. It's, it's a little faucet that they've got the knob on, and they can change the interest rates for everything based on this one uh, fundamental interest rate.
2: And Greece did this a few years ago, so mm-hmm. this is not just something I'm making up. Jerome Powell admitted that he was thinking about it, and Greece did it, instituted negative interest rates. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Now, was I, that uh, around the same time that they started doing the uh, bail-in, where they just straight up stole money from everyone's uh, bank accounts? Yeah, that's
2: what a negative interest rate is.
1: Ah, bail-in is a far oh, more accurate term. Oh, so that was the uh, that was the method that they used to take people's.
0: Uh... Well,
2: yeah. So, because with a positive interest rate, they deposit, you know, one percent, which is a, I mean, it's it's more like at this 100th of a percent ah. of money into your account. If it's a negative interest rate, then the opposite happens.
1: Right. Gotcha. Yeah, I was un- I was under the impression that they just uh, that that they like handpicked okay this one this one this one and this one we're going to take this amount but no they're uh, across the board stealing little bits from them
0: well and they're gonna continue to do so i i don't know i don't know how to feel about the fact that they're exploring it much less close to like launching some digital version of the dollar it all seems like it's very ugly from my perspective my gut tells me
3: that it's just wrong on many levels more free talk live on the way The Terran Federation and the Terran League have been killing each other for decades. Sheltered, wealthy, and light years from the threat, the members of the 500 have no interest in changing that. When Rear Admiral Terrence Murphy is given governorship of a backwater system, a risk-free path to wealth and power is his for the taking. But Murphy is a man of honor, duty, and responsibility. He intends to stop the killing, whatever the cost. Governor by David Weber and Richard Fox from Bainbooks.com.
0: Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody. It is Free Talk Live, the live call and radio program where you can call, talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number in studio is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. An automated voice is standing by now, waiting to put you on hold until we can screen you. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. We've been talking about this article from Bitcoin.com, where it appears that, mm, is it the Federal Reserve? Are they acting in conjunction with the U.S. government? I assume they are, even though there's nothing federal about them. Uh, Well,
2: they quote own. Own is not the right term, because it implies actual rights, but quote own the, the U.S. government.
0: Sure. Uh, So at any rate, the Federal Reserve has been actively working on a central bank digital currency, and we can get more into that, uh, and we also have a call on hold that we'll get to. But first, I need to tell you that Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation website. Do you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty? Well, freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and of course, the rise of the police state. Which, when I talk about the police state now, I'm changing my phrasing. I don't talk about the I talk about the militarized police state. I add that because I think it's an important word. Anyway, you can find out more at freedoms, with an S, phoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. Let's uh, go to the phones right away. Let's go to Robert from South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Yes, sir. I just wanted to say that I think the most important thing that we should be discussing, the most important matter of our time, actually, is a little thing called telomere extension. It's the way in which we could go back to our prime, each and every one of us. And it's, it's, it's the one thing, I think, that the, that, the, you know, that we're really being distracted with by, I mean, we're being distracted by other things really and the government really doesn't want us to think about this too much because it's going to be a major problem for them if people stop dying and go back to their primes. What's going to happen with new people who are being born? Well, what would happen is we'd have too many we'd have overpopulation occurring in a relatively short order unless we figure out a way out of it. If we have the if we have the telomere extension process Well, ability. so there's hang, these... hang, on, hang
0: on just for our listeners who have no idea what Roberts talking about. The telomere extension is this. Researchers at Stanford University have developed a new procedure to lengthen telomeres in chromosomes. That's at the cellular level. In so doing, they've effectively increased the number of times cells can divide, thus turning back the clock. On the cell's aging process. So the theory is that if you can turn back the clock on aging one cell, you can do it for many cells. And that's why Robert is talking about turning back the clock on aging. and,
2: And this has not been perfected in humans yet, correct? Right.
0: To my knowledge. Now, uh, well as,
7: they, they, they did it with mice about 20 years ago my mom and my sister well, were involved the research and also a researcher from Germany and others as well but that And it was a the they know how to do it in humans and my mom said they're sweeping under the carpet one here so well, I said sure so we rode over there from her house just near near the near the institution itself and uh, the uh, the person who was in charge of it uh, came out and 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 she said she asked me do you do any reporting I said you said yeah I did some reporting for Germany today oh she said great because you know there was an error in the press, and that was the supposed to be the error in the press. So they, they thats how strongly they swept it under the carpet because well, they realized. Okay, hang on for a second,
0: Robert. Hang on, Robert. Sure. So
1: uh, the the fact that they've managed to do this in uh, in mice is actually less indica- indicative than you might think. So one of the things that uh, happened with all of our lab rats is they ended up evolving to all of the testing that we were doing on them, so that they had these ridiculously long telomeres, which. So here's the thing about telomeres. So what your body tries to do is strike a balance between toxicity and cancer. And the longer your telomeres, the greater your toxicity you can deal with. And, and uh, by dint of that, the the, uh, the more times your cells can replicate, however... The problem with it is that by having this longer telomere, you are massively increasing your probability of of acquiring cancers. And that's what they found in all of these uh, lab rats, because they would do, you know, uh, like uh, makeup testing and all that sort of thing, you know, just all sorts of chemical testing on these lab rats. And uh, if you want to look into it, uh, a guy named uh, Brett Weinstein uh, uh, actually published the first papers on this, but the lab rats ended up evolving longer and longer and longer telomeres, in response to all of the lab testing which is why for the longest time it's this gives you cancer that gives you cancer this gives you cancer because on these lab rats it did because of their exceptionally long telomeres
0: and just to set well, the record straight they there are human studies of telomere shortening at least uh that's just through a quick search go ahead robert well the way
7: it went to- to me and I have another friend who who knows about it as well down here in Charleston and uh, the way it was explained to me is that the ends of the telomeres can actually be re-raveled what happens over time is they kind of unravel and dissipate but that process like I say is reversible and and the, what they were working on what they were going to try to work on was to get make it sure that cancer but they, they, they got this idea from cancer cells because cancer cells know no aging so they want they, they brought it over from cancer cells and they wanted to, they wanted to preclude that Cancer could be carried over, and that's what they wanted to work on. And that's when the government stopped the testing at the the research at the NIH. But my mom and my sister, my mom was totally convinced it was possible. In fact, she said to me that I would just miss it, and my sister, who is 10 years younger than I am, would, would just catch it. So she even had an idea of what it would be. And my mom, by the way, has a PhD in administration from New York University, and she's also a member of the Future Society, so she probably has a pretty good idea. Is she a biologist? Possible. My mom was not a biologist. My mom, my my sister is a dermatologist here in Mount Pleasant, and uh, my my mom had a had a master's degree in uh, homeopathic medicine. was involved uh, with my sister. Hmm.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting, you know, area that I would like to look into more. And thanks for the call today, Robert. Um, because it can affect a whole bunch of different things, mm-hmm. but it looks like, at least from my cursory search, that uh, at best it's in a human testing phase.
2: Yeah, it sounds like something we should look into. I'm not a biologist. It seems like we're looking into it. Like Just because we've discovered a thing and find that it can be useful does not mean that it is market ready.
1: Right. Okay, And I I wouldn't be surprised if it was a suppressed topic because certainly they don't want the plebs living forever.
0: Just this article that I'm reading from PRN Newswire talks about uh, they use HBOT or hyperbaric oxygen therapy to help them in increasing the length of the telomeres. Uh, The long and the short of it, or at least the last bit, Of the paragraph at the end says, uh, with this pioneering study, we have opened a door for further research on the prolonged cellular impact of HBOT to reverse the aging process. So apparently what they're doing is having an effect. It seems to be having an impact on reversing the aging process, and they hope to prove and do more uh, with more research. So that's kind of the long and the short. So we were talking, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the uh, The Federal Reserve. Yeah, go ahead, Melanie.
2: So the U.S. Federal Reserve has been actively working on a central bank digital currency. At least two prototypes of a digital dollar are near completion developed by officials at the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston and the Mass Institute of Technology, MIT.
0: MIT, huh?
2: They plan to unveil their research. Is that even research? as soon as July said James I can't pronounce that Kunha who leads the project for the Boston Fed he told Bloomingburg well we're going to have to get back to that
0: so Uh, 603-283-6160 is the telephone number if you'd like to get your thoughts on anything we've talked about or anything that's on your mind here at Free Talk Live we'll talk about the Federal Reserve's new digital currency plus a lot more
1: meow 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 meow
0: it's the the kitties
1: and suddenly i think that all electric guitars are actually cats <laughs>
0: It is Free Talk Live. We are the live call-in national radio talk program and also international because we're on the internet and some satellite channels where you can call in, talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number you need is a United States-based phone number. It is 603-283-6160. Again, 603 603-283- 283 6160 if you'd like to call and join the conversation in the studio tonight I am your host the reverend captain kickass joining me peakless mountaineer and melanie we've been talking about the federal reserve plans to unveil digital dollar prototypes in july melanie's been regaling us with this article from bitcoin.com
2: so the guy who's in charge of the project
0: is it uh, James Cunha? I think we found the pronunciation in the bridge.
2: Yes, he he told Bloomberg the Boston Fed and MIT hope to unveil some of their work in the third quarter, including at least two prototype software platforms that can move, store, and settle transactions made with digital dollars. Once the prototypes are released, others will be able to see and build on the code. He explained. Now, I now this could just be typical government budget incompetence, mm-hmm. but they've been. Quote, working on this for a long time, we already have programs that can move numbers around. Mm -hmm. We already have the electronic banking system software. What is it that they're exactly doing? It's not that hard to just not encrypt something. Well, you just don't encrypt it. I,
0: I wonder, though, like if they're trying to usurp the use case of Ripple XRP, right? Ripple's... Uh, claim to, you know, what it's going to do, what its feature is, its main feature, is that it's supposed to help banks settle with the internal banking system, right? It's supposed to create, make that more easy uh, to do. And so that's sort of its whole sales pitch, if you will, that its coin is designed. Now, this is a... Some people don't call it a cryptocurrency. It doesn't meet all the criteria. But it's essentially a cryptocurrency that is supposed to do that. It's just I'm, the evil cryptocurrency. I'm wondering if they're just going, hey, Ripple has a good idea. We do need to have an easier software settlement process interbank, right? We're talking about oh. all the Federal Reserves and, in all of the different countries. But well, we and, already
2: have, like, ledger software. This just doesn't seem like a years, years, and years okay. project to me.
0: Uh, okay. So- Two things. Uh, One,
1: from what I understand, Ripple is not a cryptocurrency because it doesn't have a distributed network. It has trusted networks, which means it's not cryptocurrency, it's just a new currency. Uh, And number two, So, your original question of why would they need all of this time to work on this? Well, they need all this time to work on this because they're going to want absolute control of it, and they're going to want it to have every single transaction go through the Bank of International Settlement.
2: Regular software can already do that.
1: Uh, regular software already like I
2: mean, regular software does not typically have access to central banks, but there's software that will move numbers and balance accounts. Like, this isn't some kind of new niche thing that they're doing. They're no, trying this, to make it sound like well, that. Well, no,
1: no, no. The, there is actually a new thing they're doing here. So uh, as it currently exists, at least to my understanding, you don't have everything stopping off at the Bank of International Settlements before it goes off somewhere else. Okay, With but, this, you will.
2: But there's banking software that goes to banks and settles transactions. There is. It's. It doesn't seem structurally different to me to go to this bank instead of this bank.
1: Okay, so the Bank of International Settlements is not actually a bank. It is essentially a court system. It's, it's essentially the world's first court. The first world court is the Bank of International Settlements. So what this is going through is fundamentally world government. So it goes through the world government. The world government approves each and every transaction to its satisfaction, and then those transactions are carried out. That's what is taking so long.
2: Okay, but they've been doing this for years, and so to me, either they have
1: not been—they uh, have not been getting approval from the Bank of International Settlement for every
2: single transaction. On, no, well, they've been working on the software. I oh, mean, okay.
0: could it be? As easy as the reason government usually takes so long to do yeah, anything. It could be. That they just are trying to justify the budget that they've it been given be to they, develop thing. It could be, you know, we thing. think
2: we can get a grant for this much, so we're going to milk it for all we can. Right. Regular government inefficiency. Or it could be, what are they actually doing? Yeah. Because this just sounds really simple. What are they actually putting in the software that they're not telling you that they're doing? That is actually taking all of this time. Well,
1: they're probably training algorithms to function according to their Byzantine uh, legal system as far as transaction requirements.
0: Go. I, f- I feel like mm, the way this article is written so far anyway, as far as we've gotten, I feel like. The article is talking as if this is going to be a consumer release, not an intra-bank release, as I mentioned yes. earlier. So I just want to correct myself there. I was thinking maybe they were trying to compete with you know interbank settlements all of the different uh de- or centralized banks around the world settling with each other but no this is well, the
2: customer part i mean it still has to go to
0: sure but this is this is uh, the, the way this article is written implies that this is going to be an everyman digital dollar not something that's limited to banks or f- central banks. yes that Th- that's definitely a, that's the only way sound. it's
2: really useful to them because that way you can do the negative interest rate thing
0: what else does the article say
2: there are major issues that the central bank, the treasury, and Congress much, m- must address regarding the digital dollar. He explained. These include whether the Fed should hold sorry should host customer accounts itself, whether to allow anonymity. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, that's funny. And what pro-
0: allow yeah. prote-
2: protections customers would have in case of a cyber attack or erroneous transaction. Well, we have electronic transactions now. <laughs> and we have
0: it's so funny. rules
2: and procedures for erroneous transactions and fraudulent transactions. So okay, ah,
1: but those are being done by companies instead of by governments, R- right? No, they're well, not.
2: They're be done, being done by banks, well, banks which are subsidiaries sure. of the Federal Reserve, which is the government. What's
0: funny? Apparently, that, that's just not government enough for them. What's funny to me is that all this is
2: government as you get. It's a central bank.
0: All of these things are already addressed by cryptocurrency. Right. All of these issues. Right. Whether the Fed should host customer accounts. No, they shouldn't. You should have your own account. You should hold your keys. Right. Whether to allow uh, anonymity. Well, okay. Bitcoin itself is pseudonymous and so are many other cryptocurrencies. But there are privacy coins that you can use. There are mixers you can use to, you know, sort of dilute your transactions and create anonymity. So you've got that. Um, What protections consumers would have in case of a cyber attack or erroneous transaction? Well, because the blockchain is the, I call it the 3D ledger because it's triple entry ledger. It already has solved the Byzantine generals problem. And so it already is a trusted network that uh, is being attacked daily by not only governments, but hackers as well. And still remains far more solid than any centralized currency. Yeah, and uh, that's
1: really what they're trying to deal with here is the fact that they are still as a as a trusted network system. They are still vulnerable to cyber attack. Whereas these distributed ledger systems, because they are distributed, because there are so many computers putting so much power into processing this, they're completely invulnerable to cyber. I attack. I mean,
2: n- not they're not really vulnerable to cyber attacks in any meaningful way. Because okay, yes, you can attack the system. You can't really just clean out somebody's account as a cyber attack or clean out a bank's account because they can, since none of it is real, they can just put it back and be like, okay, it's half a million dollars again.
1: Right. And so, I mean, w- with our current system, you have like uh, MasterCard, for example, uh, that you can call up and be like, this was an error and this shouldn't have been uh, sent to this person and they can reverse that transaction. But I don't think that they I I don't think that the Fed is willing to accept that level of uh, of control. They want a they want specifically a a central bank and its agencies and affiliates doing the uh, the checking and the decision making of whether transactions get reversed or not. Because, I mean... That just seems
2: like a really petty thing for them to to want.
1: Well, I mean, like, right now, if... It's uh, more
2: of an administrative.
1: Like, MasterCard could say, I'm not going to reverse this transaction, even though you don't think that it uh, followed your rules. They could. They don't, but they could. And that's just an insufficient level of control for government.
2: I don't think that they care about that on that level. Like, they don't care if, you know, your coffee got double-charged or not.
0: Oh, MasterCard... The Federal Reserve does not care. Yeah, they don't. Can you imagine the lack of customer service that having an account with the Federal Reserve with some digital dollars (laughs) would be like? It would be horrifying. It would be horrifying. You can't even get any kind of customer service now from, like, theirs. That's the IRS, by the way. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. Our number three is up next.
3: Free Talk Live
0: S-Yay, It-Yay, E-Fray, Octay, lay N-K, oK
1: inye I'm Melanie
2: High. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I, I'm the Reverend Captain Kickass, and that was. Speakless Mountaineer. Yeah. I don't. It occurred to me after I just did the intro that the show is called Free Talk Live in Pig Latin that it would be insanely difficult to do any more of the show in Igpe Antonle.
1: That would be <laughs> profoundly difficult.
0: Yeah. So, uh, for some reason, I was reminded of pig latin today i think on one of my social medias or something somebody used it and i was like oh yeah pig latin i learned that once Mm. when i was you know 10 or something i don't
1: remember all i can think of is police officers and roman fascies
0: oh pig latin right yeah Yeah, okay yeah Hmm, interesting anyway this is free talk live we are the live call in radio talk program where you can call talk about whatever is on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. We've been I'm talking... i having
1: deja vu. I thought we uh, covered that already.
0: And in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Who am I? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, this is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number doesn't exist anymore, so you have to call this non-toll-free number.
1: But
2: you probably have a cell phone anyway, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, most... Do people even get charged long I guess international calls? Landlines
2: do and you get charged for international depending on your plan like I can call Mexico and Canada I think. I All don't right. know cuz I never have any reason to but
0: Right because the the North American numbering plan that makes that that seems like that's a natural that you might not get charged long distance for uh Canada and Mexico but I I could see international long like calling overseas yeah. somehow or something like that I could see that. But it's been so long since I had to even worry about that. I I still remember the whole like, all of the commercials during the long-distance wars, you know, MCI had that, like, oh, yeah, our new digital network, you can hear a pin drop. It's like, yeah. You know what else had to happen? They had to invent this thing. I've talked about this a couple of times here on Free Talk Live. When the digital technology took over telephones instead of running everything over copper wire, when they started running it over fiber, which means digitizing all of your phone calls and sending it over... Uh, uh, fiber thank you yeah. um they had to invent something called the comfort tone this is because digital technology is so good at what it does that it actually made people go if you you and i were on a call mm-hmm. peakless uh like, hello are you there Like, if there was a period of silence for some reason, Mm -hmm. because it would be dead silent. Right. Right? And so they had to invent this thing called Hmm. the comfort tone that plays now. Like, you experience it every time you make a phone call to somebody and there's a period of silence on your phone. On cell phones? On cell On all phones. Anything that's digitized now. Right? So landlines included. Because landlines, while copper might be running to your house to run your landline, uh, when it terminates... Uh, you know, in your neighborhood to the big box that runs out to the network, they digitize it at that point and send it out over the digital network.
1: So that sort of uh, gentle hum that you hear between talking
0: to it's people? It's just a little bit of white noise that you can barely hear unless you crank up your volume on your cell phone. You know, maybe you got to put the earphones in to hear it clearly, but there's just a little bit of white noise, a little bit of hiss going on in the background. And what that does is it has an effect on the human mind. The human mind subconsciously hears that because it's the same. All they did is they took a sample of the hiss that you would get (laughs) from the copper lines, right, and then lowered the volume a little bit and digitally placed it in between the silences whenever there is one so that you are tricked into thinking that you know the call is still connected Hmm. because people would think the call had disconnected because it was so perfect. So now all of the telcos have a comfort tone. That's my little bit of knowledge in telephony for you guys that I'm sharing with you here on Free Talk Live. We had no intention of talking about that tonight, but hey, sometimes we go on a tangent. Uh, we have been talking about the Federal Reserve is going to unleash, what did we say, July? Uh, a couple of perhaps prototypes or something of a digital dollar, digital currency uh, that will be not just for the banks or even for the banks themselves, but will be like you're going to have to have an account and like, will you have to have an account with the Federal Reserve or what? What will you have to do? They haven't decided these things yet. Was there more to the article?
2: Um, Just the last paragraph. Powell told Powell said last week, which would have been mid-March, we would not proceed with this without support from Congress. And I think that would ideally come in the form of an authorizing law rather than us trying to interpret our law to enable this. So what that means is, so exec, not executive, all the ABC branches, they're not constitutional. You have executive, judicial, and legislative. Mm -hmm. You don't have the alphabet branch of government in the constitution. Right. So what he's asking for there is a law that just says, do what you want. Federal, Federal Reserve, Not a law saying do X, Y, and Z Federal Reserve.
0: Doesn't the Federal Reserve kind of do what they want anyway? It's
2: kind of superfluous because they're the ones who print the money therefore they're in charge.
0: Well,
1: again, uh, as far as I know they were reincorporated into the federal government with the CARES Act. So where they were uh, something of a private company uh, they are now, as far as I know, part of the Treasury. Hmm.
2: I I don't really care what Congress or the U.S. code says they are. Yeah. They are, in fact, the central bank that owns the U.S., owns, used really loosely, and really the entire planet because they're the reserve currency, so.
0: Right. All the other.
2: They're the real government. All the
0: other central banks sort of bow to the U.S. Federal Reserve, as I understand it.
2: Well, they have to or they get exploded.
0: Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Quite literally. Yeah. And uh, it is
1: an old adage that an army marches on its stomach. So uh, the entire you know world's largest ever military force also
0: answers to them.
2: Yeah. So get ready for negative interest rates and get ready for...
0: Hyperinflation, man. I mean, that's...
2: Yes. Well,
0: mm-hmm.
2: th- those aren't the, the exact same thing. So yeah, hi- hyperinflation...
0: If you think you were poor before <laughs> just negative wait. interest rates so so I mean if like if the common folk if they put you know I don't know they they made so they got a bonus one year at their job or whatever and they they got that extra five hundred bucks or something if they put that in their savings account, negative interest rates apply as soon as they see their their deposits shrinking. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it is well, but absolutely if there's no dope. cash,
2: which is what they say digital dollar, but what they mean is no cash. If there's no cash, you can't just take it out.
0: Oh, right. Oh.
2: Which is, which is what, which is why they have to go through this in order to institute negative interest rates. Yeah, the- Otherwise they'd institute them and people would be like, that's cute. Give me my cash.
0: Yeah, the the only it's going to create so it's going to be so much hell. I'm sorry. Go yeah,
1: ahead. the only way at that point that you can hold on to your money at all is if you invest it in something like uh I'm sure they will love uh the stock market is the standard way of uh investing it to is, avoid uh inflation already. Is
0: Bitwage still a thing? I don't a, know what that a is. Bitwage is a company that um How do I explain this? So if you work a regular job and your job says, here, fill out this form and give us a voided check so we can do your direct deposit, you do that, Mm -hmm. right? And then, of course, your money shows up in your bank account whenever payday rolls around. That's how it works, right? Uh, What Bitwage does is they take that process and instead of depositing your money into a bank account, they exchange it for cryptocurrency and deposit that into your crypto wallet, so what they do is they provide you a, the equivalent of a bank routing number and an account number, and that's tied to your BitWage account. You just fill out your HR paperwork or payroll paperwork like you normally would, giving them that information instead of your regular checking account information or your savings account information. You give them that information, and instead of getting paid in dollars, as it were, you would get paid in cryptocurrency. And so if BitWage is still a thing or any other companies like it, I haven't looked up BitWage in a long time, but if there are other companies like it, then that is perhaps one way that you can retain your value when you do get paid by a traditional job. And on a cursory search, it does appear to still be active. Nice. 603-283-6160. Coming up, Biden committed to monthly stimulus checks for four more years. We'll talk about that here on Free Talk Live. Yes, welcome back to Free Talk Live. We are a call in radio program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number here in the studio is 603 283 6160. Again, 603 283 6160. In the studio tonight, it's me, the captain, Beakless Mountaineer, and Melanie. And you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Now, ForkFest happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but Fork Fest is different because it is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost to attend any of the events, uh, that are put on by the Fork Festers, uh, unless of course they're charging individually for the events. Not you can't just like pay one price. But you you're free to wander around as much as you want with no ticket, and no one is in charge. All you need to do is reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. Now, I can't think of a better place to celebrate Independence Day than around a bunch of other freedom-loving people in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party, where you can connect with other attendees. You can find the unofficial Telegram chat link and also the unofficial forum. Links to those, again, at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine that uh, he's been trying
1: for years to... Uh, get a speech for uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival, and finally manage to get one. And with with ForkFest, you don't have to do any of that. Yeah,
0: you just need to probably borrow a microphone and a PA speaker from somebody. Exactly. And uh, just tell everybody, hey, I'm doing a speech. Yeah. Advertise a little bit uh we did have
1: which think, uh uh which i think at uh, forkfest.party uh they have a list of uh, some of the speakers and events there yeah,
0: so. yeah there's a list of like the calendar of stuff there's a there's another uh, somebody else put together forkfest.com which uh, if you go there, once you have your campsite reserved, you can go there. And if you're putting on a thing, you can just highlight your campsite and enter the thing that you're doing. Be like, yep, campsite 23. This is where Bob's going to give a speech on Tuesday or whatever, whatever the name of your your event is that you can put it right there. So Mm -hmm. it's all sorts of fun stuff that – You know, there's no organization putting any of these tools together. It's just the people who are attending and putting things on who are developing these things. Last year, uh, our co-host, Aria, she was able to find an app that she could customize for ForkFest while we were at ForkFest so people could be like, what's coming up? Oh, look, there's a concert going on over here. Or, oh, look, somebody's having a card game over here, or that kind of a thing. And it was like an hour-by-hour thing. It was pretty cool. I don't know if that's going to exist again, but... We shall see. Um, That's what ForkFest is all about. People coming together, helping each other out, developing things, putting things on for other people, doing favors for other people. It's a great time. It is. All right. So uh, we're moving on to the next article. This is from BGR.com. I don't know what that is. But uh, the headline here reads, Biden just committed to monthly stimulus checks for four more years. Melanie, you brought this one in as well.
2: Yeah. So it says millions of Americans will get a monthly stimulus check for at least four years if President Biden's vision for his American Families plan that he just presented during Wednesday night's joint session of Congress comes to pass.
0: Wow.
2: And they're, these are not classified as stimulus checks, but I think I called it a couple months ago. They're trying to ease their on the air. I know. I know I said it, but I think I said it on the air trying to kind of ease their way into UBI.
0: Yeah, that's that's also my summarization of what is going on. And this is really problematic, particularly when all of the entry-level jobs seem to be having a problem hiring people because of the predicament that people are in with either collecting unemployment that pays more or you know living at home, collecting the stimmies, that kind of a thing. Uh, this is not going to remedy that situation in any way. Oh, it's going to make it much, much worse
2: so the those checks would represent an even greater expansion of the already expanded federal child tax credit, which was made possible by last month's one point nine trillion Jeez. coronavirus relief legislation
0: one point nine trillion Out the, of thin air
2: the one year expansion of the tax credit under that bill. Provided up to $3,600 per eligible child in stimulus checks. So it was $3,600 if they're five or less, and $3,000 if they're over if they're over that. Mm-hmm. And it also made it fully refundable. So it used to be that part of it was I don't I don't have the chart in front of me, but part of it was it can go towards your tax liability, but you're not going to get that back if you have no tax liability or if you have very little tax liability. Okay. And then it was partially refundable, uh, I want to say up to $2,000. So I, wait,
0: does this only apply if you have kids? Yes. Oh, so people who don't have kids are just SOL? Yeah.
2: It's, uh, yeah. So anybody <laughs> who finds it, uh, that it behooves them to go out and have a kid before the end of the year... Um, this is kind of a, uh, this is this instead of structures that they're creating, if you find it, if you are so high time preference that you think that having a kid is worth 3,600 per month, no,
1: no per year. Yeah. Oh,
2: well, well, that's what it is right now, but then he's going to expand the amounts or trying to, then you're going to go ahead and do that. So you're incentivizing kind of the low end of people to go out and have a bunch of kids. Basically. Yeah, I'm even I, more so than we were already doing.
0: I'm assuming the next part of the article will probably explain some of that just looking at it. But I
1: I did want to uh clarify so uh a, a the child tax credit that's the that specifically if you have no, uh, if you don't owe them any money, you won't get that uh, handed to you.
2: But there was a refundable portion even before now.
1: Re- refundable meaning if you have no tax liability, they will send you a check for yes. that amount. Gotcha.
2: But not that whole amount. It was, it was partial and it was based on, there was an the income phase out. It, I, I would have to read you a chart and I'm not going to do that on the air. <laughs>
1: No, I just wanted the broad strokes here.
2: The one-year expansion of the t- child tax credit bill that provided up to 3600 per eligible child. In s- it's not officially called stimulus checks, but they're calling it stimulus checks in this article. Spread out over monthly payments starting this July. So as of now, starting July, you start getting half, and it doesn't say that here, but it is the case. You're going to get half of that over those six months, and then the rest in quote April 15th whenever you file and get your stuff back. Okay.
1: So they'll give you $300 a month for having a kid.
2: Yeah. Or I think it's $250 are an old, older kid. Mm. Whatever that math is. As we noted earlier on Wednesday, a group of House Democrats has called on President Biden to support making these payments permanent, meaning millions of parents would get... A stimulus check of at least a few hundred dollars, essentially, forever. I mean, until your kids turn 18.
0: That is uh, really scary to me, and we can talk more about this coming up on Free Talk Live.
4: Yeah.
0: Yes, come on and listen to Free Talk Live. Yeah, the telephone number is 603 283 6160. We'll get to your calls and thoughts in just a moment. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. On March 16th, 2021, terrorists, calling themselves, well, different government agency names, conspired together and raided the Free Talk Live studio, the Bitcoin embassy, the homes of Arya Demetso, Renee and Andy Spinella, and Colleen Fordham, and they arrested six people. These people are called the Crypto Six. They were all taken into, into custody. Uh, four of them have been released on some form of bail, but Ian Freeman, the one of the two founders of this very radio program, And one of our co-hosts, who goes by the name Nobody, both remain hostages. That is to say, they are behind bars. What can you do to help? You can go visit thecrypto6.com. There you'll find multiple ways that you can donate to their legal defense fund, as well as a bunch of information on the Crypto 6 themselves, because these charges aren't a joke. It's going to take some serious legal teams, and experts to protect the Crypto 6 from further aggression from the state. This case is likely to set precedent that will affect the world of cryptocurrency for decades to come. You can help in their fight for liberty and financial freedom by visiting thecrypto6.com. Again, thecrypto6.com. We've been talking about this article that Melanie brought in from BGR.com where Biden, the headline reads, Biden just committed to monthly stimulus checks for four more years. This seems tied to the... uh, It's
2: the UBI rollout is what it is.
0: Right, but it's tied to uh, the $3,600 child tax credit in some way, shape, or form.
2: Yeah, so they're going to give you a a child already for this year. They're going to give you... A slightly expanded child tax credit, assuming you have a child mm-hmm. that you claim, and g- get pay you half of it monthly upfront, which can cause problems if you have a child that you claimed last year and not this next year,
0: because
2: mm-hmm. you don't just get to keep it like you did the stimulus.
0: Can I claim all of the government as my dependents? No. Why not?
2: Because they're not your son, daughter, nephew, niece... uh. Brother, sister, there's a list of relationships.
0: They also don't live in the same house with you. Yes. What about foster care? What about it? They could be my foster children.
2: They could if they lived with you.
0: (laughs) They're dependent on me, though, as well as everybody else.
2: But they don't live with you, and they're not one of those relationships.
0: Thing. I mean, we all live in this one country, right? So technically, no, they, they do don't live, live with, with the me. Same address. Everybody lives with me, and in that, in well, that, all around the globe, everybody lives together.
1: Well, they're since also they're not the under of you and <laughs> three hundred and some odd uh, million other people, you are going to have to check with your spouses. All three hundred and thirty-six million. It, of them. Isn't
0: there only like I don't know, like you know, twenty thousand government workers or something like that?
1: Can I claim all of them? Well, you're going to have to check with all of them to make sure that they're not claiming the government
0: is their dependents. I see. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melanie. Okay, so... Wait. Actually, don't. Let's go to the phones first. We've got somebody calling himself Yo-Yo from New Mexico calling.
8: That was Yo-Yo Smuggler, you Yo-Yo.
0: Yo-Yo Smuggler, also known as David, right? Uh, Why would one smuggle Yo-Yos?
2: If they were illegal. What?
1: Why would one smuggle yo-yos or is there what There tariffs
8: on them or taxes on them. Mm-hmm. Man, all, all, your, all your hip uh, listeners are laughing at you right now because you don't know what a yo-yo smuggler is.
0: Okay. Google so, it. Wh- Google wh- it
8: while we're talking.
0: No, no, thanks. What did you want to talk about today, David?
8: Well, besides yo-yo smugglers, I, I wanted to place an order. It's, since you have a, a direct line to the FBI, I wanted to place an order to... <laughs> The, the the FBI. Well, they can hear you now. now. So. Yeah, they can
0: hear you. So go ahead, place your order.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm calling, man, because they're right here at the table. So FBI, you, you have a uh, you uh, have the DOJ is going to go to Minneapolis and investigate the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, you know, like that they're here in Albuquerque and they're what in Louisville or Cincinnati and, a, and like a half a dozen other markets, Seattle, um, because of civil rights violations, a pattern in practice. So that's a legal term. And they have determined that there is a pattern and practice of uh, civil violation of civil rights law, or there may be, by the Minneapolis Police Department. So they're, they're going to open a DOJ investigation to that. So I wanted FBI and DOJ, uh, Merrick Garland, I, I wanted to place an order, please. I'll have one civil rights investigation, uh, pattern and practice of civil rights violations in the state of New Mexico. Um, based on uh, 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 sanctions, uh, legal legal uh, uh, orders, court orders written based on a pattern and practice of arbitrary and capricious decisions in the family and children's courts, like by Judge John R- J. Romero. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as evidence, uh, FBI, DOJ, Merrick Garland, I would like to supply the recent under oath admission in deposition of a Ms. Collins who works for the Uh, Governor uh, Michelle uh, Lujan Grisham uh, works for her uh, in the area of the COVID lockdowns. And Ms. Collins admitted under oath in a deposition in a court lawsuit where there are some trampoline businesses suing uh, the state of New Mexico and the governor for the uh, arbitrary and capricious nature of the lockdown of their business and the damages they have uh, uh, succumbed to.
0: All right, David, yeah. I, I've got a couple yeah. of questions for you, though. Uh, do you want that regular or supersized?
8: No, man, I want supersized. I want the works on that, the heavy everything, extra everything, yum, do, yum.
0: Do you want cheese? That's what I want. Do you want cheese? Huh? Cheese?
8: Oh, there's all kinds of cheese in the government, man. Bacon? There's all kinds. Of, uh, yeah, they, 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 I want their bacon. Yeah, I want their bacon.
0: Okay, So cheese quick- and bacon. And uh, is, is that all? Does that complete your order?
8: No, I'll never be satisfied, man. I'll never be satisfied. No, <laughs> I'd, no I
0: I'd prefer to have less bacon
1: when it comes to my government orders. Uh, yeah, less pork, definitely. Yeah. When it when it comes no, to the I government, I will
2: say yeah. stuff like this sometimes does work because a couple of years ago, Sally Mae has more aliases than anybody with a rap sheet, and they keep oh. sending the loans to. Okay, we're changing where you need to send it. Changing, where, and they just keep changing where you needed to pay, and and they finally did get a website where you could pay, but. I had lost the because they wanted to do it by the mail instead of you know anything from this century, mm-hmm. and I had lost the slip to pay them, and I posted on Facebook. I was like, "Look, Sally May, I'm trying to pay you. You don't have a website where I can pay you because that account didn't at the time, and uh, I'm willing to pay you." I don't know your contact information because it's different than the other account I have, and they right. won't talk to me about this account, even though it's both you. Right. So call me, and I will pay you. And the next day, I got a call from Sally Mae.
0: No <laughs> way.
2: Here is, And I'm like, okay, what's your mailing address? What, what You know, okay, I'll get the checkout.
0: So did... Uh, yeah. did- just I'm sorry, David, just to our listeners out there. if you didn't get the gist of that, that is Melanie put a post up asking arguably a government organization to call her because she's trying to pay them, and that message made it to that organization somehow some way, and they called her the next day,
8: yeah. That's what I've been I've been telling Ian and Ian's listening right now, too. So we can just talk to him. That's what I've been telling you, Ian, for years is that I talk about it on the radio. And then mysteriously, shortly after I talk about it on the radio, uh, things seem to uh, move where there had been um, uh, no movement for a long, long, long time.
1: Well, just goes to show the government does listen. They just don't care. Thanks for the call, David. You
2: know if you're trying to pay them, apparently.
1: Mm. Well, well, (sighs) they're interested in that. Y- yeah. It I didn't mean, make it
2: easy. <laughs> like,
0: Making it easy is not like, something. You can just have, like a
2: payment address on your website or something.
0: That's crazy. No. Oh man. 603-283-6160. Is Big Brother watching you as closely as they Me appear to be watching probably, Melanie? Yeah. No, I'm the listeners.
2: <laughs> Less well, so probably <laughs> most of them.
0: Let us know. 603-283-6160 more free talk live is coming up. yes it is free talk live it's the final segment of this sunday night edition thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening everybody uh we're here seven days a week from 7 p.m until 10 p.m eastern time live doing the show uh, with a couple of exceptions every year but outside of that seven days a week live program you can call We've got a caller on hold. We'll get to him in just a minute. Uh, but first, uh, I am your host this evening. I am the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me... Peakless Mountaineer. And Melanie. And we want to say thank you to a gentleman named Jake Leonard, who is a gold amplifier. That means he gives, uh, I believe, 10 bucks a month to the AMP program. What is the AMP program? Well, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and you can find out a whole bunch more about the program over at amp.freetalklive.com. You get some perks for when you join and you make your contribution. There's some little things that you get, but really the reason to contribute and join and become an amplifier is because you enjoy this radio program. You find that there's value in it, and you like that we talk about things from the perspective of freedom and peace and prosperity. And you would like to see us get on more radio stations than we're currently on. Right now, we're on around 200. We could be on 250. We could be on 300 radio stations. It's all up to you. This money goes directly to getting us on more radio stations. It doesn't go into Lee's gas tank or a Peakless mountaineer's gas tank. It doesn't go into Melanie's you know fund for you know her nerd activities. It doesn't go into my beer budget. It goes directly to help getting this show on more radio stations. So visit amp.freetalklive.com and thank you again, Jake Leonard, for your contribution. We appreciate you. Let's go right to the phones. We've got Robert calling from Michigan. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
5: Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. As always, an interesting show.
0: Well, good morning to you, too. Uh, I assume
1: you're in Australia?
0: (laughs) No, he's in Michigan. No,
5: I... I, I do that for two reasons. One, to make sure people are paying attention and because the sun's always shining somewhere. It's always coming up somewhere. So it, it's try funny to you stay s- positive. It's
0: funny you say that, Robert, because I will do that like at a grocery store or a gas station when it's, you know, like now. It'll be obviously night and I'll walk up to the cashier and be like, good morning. And they go, good morning. I'm like, yeah, just seeing if you're paying attention. So anyway. Always look on the bright side <laughs> of life. Anyway, Robert called, I assume, for a reason.
5: I did. Is, um, I catch your show whenever I can, and I came in to the uh, end of the conversation pretty much. You were talking about how the feds were going to roll out some sort of a program in July regarding uh, electronic currency, correct? Where was that article again so I can look at it? Uh, that was bitcoin.com at their website, yeah, if are, I thought it correctly.
0: Are you on any of our Free Talk Live social media, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that? <sighs>
5: Guys, if, I am a dinosaur. I can barely reach the computer uh, and the phone. Okay. That I, is, I don't that is, do social media. It, it
1: is a, BGR, which I believe is uh, Boy Genius Review or something like that.
0: Or uh, Boy Genius Report, one of those. I've also so, got uh, – it's at news.bitcoin.com, and it's, the, oh, Fed. No, that's, uh, it's the Fed plans to unveil digital dollar. Oh, sorry. The uh, the, okay. the one we're talking about now is on uh, BGR. Sorry. Right. So the, the previous article, news.bitcoin.com.
5: News.bitcoin.com. Okay. Then I've got two questions. One, uh, what do you think, and I'm a little bit old school, so don't laugh, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think the chances of gold and silver are regarding uh, going digital? And do you think that we as a country are going to survive the next eight years as we know it without some sort of catastrophic economic collapse
0: all right we'll each take a, a moment to answer that uh your first question was uh
5: do you, do you think gold and silver is going to survive i, I believe or it's worth
0: no i believe somebody yeah. there, there's cryptocurrency people who do these things called stable coins and i believe there's already cryptocurrency that's tied to gold and silver so um yes those are and also i'm a firm believer in holding hard assets like gold and silver as well so if you have those hold on to those uh and then as far as the you know the eight years are we going to be able to survive i mean yes we're going to be able to survive we're a society is there going to be major changes likely so so, uh I think I heard something or other about uh
1: uh China even investing in uh creating a gold-backed uh cryptocurrency uh weirdly enough. So the problem with uh, backing a cryptocurrency with gold or silver is uh is holding on to the gold or the silver because uh, the United States government really thinks that they have a right to all the gold on earth. So uh now the the last time they uh they did something like that uh, yeah, the United States government decided to raid the, the people involved and steal all of their gold because they do that. Um, so maybe So what if, you're, I, what I if you're what if you're
5: what if you're what if you're buying gold and silver with cash and there's no record of you holding on to gold and silver? Is it going to do any good to keep it or? To then sell it, I mean, would it be even well, the, the, the legal the, to sell it?
1: Well, the best part of it, I, the best part of it is that it never hits, it never hits zero. Like it is always valuable to somebody, and uh, over and central time, central bank
2: currencies have, for yeah, the record,
1: yeah. And over time, if you actually look into it, uh, the price of like uh, a good meal, a good suit, a house, things like that, tend to remain roughly stable with uh, the amount of gold that one pays for those things. So, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, The downside is that you're not able to uh, interact on any, like, uh, uh, international level whatsoever. Um, Now, as far as the the other question, uh, I don't know when. It might be today. It might be 10 years from now. But, no, the collapse is imminent. Um, Now, it's not going to be, I think, as drastic or terrifying as people expect because we have a replacement technology in cryptocurrency.
2: Yeah, so... If you don't, it's, it's kind of like with crypto. If you don't have the seed, then you don't have the crypto. If you don't have the gold or silver, you don't have gold or silver. You've been able to buy, quote, quote, gold and silver on traditional exchanges for a long time now. And I haven't read about the crypto-backed gold and silver myself. I would be very, something in between cautious and against I, I would not do that. I would advise everyone to not do that. If you want to buy gold and silver, buy gold and silver.
0: Buy the physical gold and silver, like, right? If you yeah. can't hold doing. it in your
2: hand, it's not gold and silver. I see no benefit to putting that on any kind of electronic exchange. Right. No benefit to, to the owner anyway. And I guess it depends on what you mean by we the country. I mean, will society survive? Probably. Will the country fail? I mean, that, that depends on whether or not the federal government reserve wants it to yes there's going to be some serious economic problems biden's not going to live for the next eight years because he's already like 80 so
1: and it it is also worth mentioning that uh one of the possibilities with a with a global economic collapse is actually that war as we know it will end because if fiat stops if government printed currencies stop being the 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 go-to to trade then we have to deal with things like gold, silver and most of the cryptocurrencies that are limited
2: but just because the federal reserve loses world reserve status doesn't mean that all fiat currencies are going to main are going to lose their status of having that power over their own country and that it also doesn't mean that no other fiat currency is going to be the world reserve status so saying that because the central bank fails therefore we're all going to live in this utopia of crypto and metal well
1: I, it's, I don't exceptionally think that's metal. it's exceptionally it's exceptionally difficult that. to to compete with a good product when you have a terrible product and fiat is a terrible product
2: well but it's not a product because there's no market for it
0: your thoughts runner
5: you know you've given me a lot more to think about and I, one of my problems is I'm a little bit over-informed and it's just tough to try to try to make what what I would think would be the right decision to protect what I've lived a lifetime to earn sure. without the government knocking down the door and taking what
1: they want to take. Invest in diff- yeah. in lots of different things. Never yeah, put was, all your eggs in one basket.
0: I was going to say something similar. Um, diversify as much as you can. You know, have a little bit of gold, have a little bit of silver, put some into cryptocurrency, you know. I mean, I know people who are stocks like stocks
1: are probably going to go up uh, blue chip ones especially.
0: Right.
5: Stocks depends on how old is, you are. Is is cash is good old fashioned cash worth
2: Hanging on to outside of a bank for for immediate needs. That is an investment.
0: Thanks for the call tonight, Robert. We appreciate it. Well, we are out of time here on Free Talk Live. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you missed any of the show, you can find our archives at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace.